in our community, so many times, folks who mean well, and I don't just mean folks that are not Black, I mean us too. We mean well, but we're speaking in terms that cannot even be absorbed yet by our community. When we're talking about you need to go see a therapist, when we're talking about you need some help. Hey, what's up? This is Corey Dion Lewis, clinical health coach and host of the Healthy Project podcast. Now, the research shows that social determinants can have a greater impact on your health more than healthcare or lifestyle choices. The purpose of this podcast is to discuss how to improve health and reduce health inequity by speaking to healthcare professionals, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs. Now, if you're enjoying the podcast, give it a review. Or you can also make a donation to The Healthy Project using the link in the description. It takes 30 seconds and it's super easy. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Now let's get started. Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening to a, The Healthy Project podcast. I'm your host, Corey Dion Lewis. I have a great, not only guest, but kind of a, a special bonus episode today. Uh, I have been a part of a team of professionals uh, and community leaders in the state of Iowa to bring uh, a campaign to the Black community. And I am joined today by the leader of that committee, the one, the, the glue that kept it together, the one that was like, messaging people like hey are you doing this <laughs> but courageous fire is with me today courageous thank you so much i truly appreciate your time yeah thanks for having me Corey. this is awesome yes so this is this is a different type of episode you know like like i said and my my goal or my hope is for people to one, learn more about you and what drew you to, you know, this committee and leading this huge campaign for not just the city of Des Moines, not Waterloo, not Cedar Rapids, but Iowa. Right. So film, tell me, you know, what, how did it start? What got you really fired up to be a part of this? Yeah, I appreciate that question, Corey. So uh, in the work that I do in both organizations that I started, the whole point was to increase safe spaces for Black women, right? And so when we're talking about the tie of safe spaces for Black women and mental health support for Black Iowans, that that's that's important because the more we're getting help for the things that are causing us to make unsafe decisions, the things that are causing other people to do things that are harmful to other folks, the safer that these women that I'm trying to serve are going to be. So any work that is along with that mission, I'm always looking for ways that I can be a part of that work because moving that work forward increases those spaces. And so you know, I'd be, I, I don't know your audience very well, but I'm, I don't know how to be anyway, except just straight up. So that's what I'm going to be when I'm talking to you today. So as a black woman, you know, this is Iowa. It's a very white state. 
And right now it is trending to be woke. And part of that so-called wokeness is what where's a black initiative that I that my company can do um, so that we can help those less fortunate and and these days somehow people keep remembering at this point that the black community is a vulnerable community now we've always been that but for some reason we're we're still trending and so when I hear about a white led white run organization looking to do work in that space. there's always optimism combined with skepticism, right? Right. And so I look to folks that I already have established relationships with in our community. If they know anything about this organization, I want to know, okay, look, is this a box checker or are they serious before I jump into it? And um, Brianne had already been doing something with the organization whose name we'll get into a little bit more as we keep talking And she said, you know what? I really think this is a real deal here, Courageous, but you meet their executive director, you talk to her, you see what you think. The initial conversation, you know, was decent. Uh, And so I said, you know what? All right, based on Brianne saying she thinks, based on this not being a horrible first conversation, I'll give it a try. So I will say that because it sounded like it was going to hit uh, a really great target for the whole state, because I had a good word from Brienne that was encouraging at the start, was the reason why I got started in the first place. Yeah, no, that, that's you touched on something that is not only it's it's just so real in its effect that there are these initiatives that are going on by multiple organizations. And you question, okay, is this to show LinkedIn that, hey, you're down with the people? Is, is this your, hey, I got a black friend moment? Come on, sir. I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. Or are you a really about that life? And what I appreciated about how I was approached to be a part of this was the vulnerability of her being like, I'm not in that community. So that that was really, really great. One other question, you know, another question I wanted to ask you, Courageous. Well, first of all, walk the people through the process in your mind, getting these people together. What were some of your one, one, some of your personal goals of how you wanted this thing to go and your goals for the group? That's cool. So I don't forget the question you, the part of the question of the goals for the group, those emerged as we were going through the process. I will say that. The goal that I wanted to see happen was I wanted to see this truly be a real representation of Black Iowa. So the other thing that happens when these white-run, white-led organizations do initiatives is they go find all the C-suite Black people. And they go, this is a representation of Black people. And I go, are you kidding? So is that you think that every circle, every barbecue, every family reunion is just packed full of people that are COOs and CFOs and senior VPs, directors? Is that what you think? Like, of course, that is not a representation of Black people, right? We got folks from reentry, right? We got that uncle that's dealing with substance abuse, 
You know what I'm saying? I mean, right. we got, you know, that auntie that, you know, we're not quite sure if she's all there. That's how we put it when we talk about folks that we're not sure how their mm-hmm. mental health is, right? Yep. They ain't right. They, they ain't right. They ain't quite all there. We have folks who have, like myself, who are survivors of all types of violence, not just domestic violence, right? We have folks who are trade professionals, right? Barbers, stylists, you know, like if we're talking about we want to truly get something that's going to reach Black Iowa Connect, then can we include Black Iowa? And so she had already started picking some folks before I got there. And I was like, please stop, stop. (laughs) Please don't pick anybody else. Please let me have the rest of this committee. And those were the people that I pulled in. Um, I didn't have the time that I wanted for recruiting or we would have had more young people, but I was thrilled to at least have one that was on our committee who is in college, just started college, 19 years old. You know, so that was important to me. My personal goal for the group was to truly, for a personal goal of mine was when I looked around the table virtually or in person, I wanted to see people that I could say, yep, this represents all of us. Yeah. And you can see that. You can definitely tell that was there. That was there for the, for the most part. You know, you can't, I felt very confident that whatever we were, whatever we were going to do was going to be a full representation to the best of our ability with the time that we had because everybody was busy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was, it was good. One, what did you learn? Right. So like every time we met, we're talking about how mental health looks to different people. Were there things that you learned just through listening and were there things that, Oh man, I thought I had a better understanding of this but I have no idea. Like, were were there any of those moments? Yeah, there definitely were. Language, you know, Breanne Ward, you know what I mean? Owner of Forward Consulting LLC um, and also still a licensed mental health clinician herself. Just language that she was talking about how there's such a gap. And do I know as a layperson that there's a gap with, language of the everyday person and how we talk about not being well emotionally, mentally, and how it is clinically spoken of, diagnosed, categorized. Yeah, the differences between those are night and day. But even just, when I say language, I mean, the thing that really was my biggest aha moment, Corey, was when we somebody said, we're not at the make it okay stage yet in our community. We're at the what the hell is this stage, right? We don't even know when we talk about that auntie that ain't quite right. We don't even know what that quite not quite right is. Is that schizophrenia? Is that bipolar? You know, is that severe depression? Like we don't even know. We just, something's not quite, it is that unresolved trauma, right? We don't even know. That's what I got the biggest, whoa, we're trying to, in our community, so many times, folks who mean well, and I don't just mean folks that are not Black, I mean us too. We mean well, but we're speaking in terms that cannot even be absorbed yet 
by our community. When we're mm-hmm. talking about you need to go see a therapist, when we're talking about you need some help. We don't even know, like, let's just say that auntie, if you say that to that particular auntie that everybody's like, but she's just like that, that auntie might not know she needs help. She might just be like, I just know I'm like that. How does she even know that she's having something that needs some sort of medical attention? We're not at the make it okay because we can't even recognize stuff yet. So when you're talking about that much language difference, you got to close that gap first. Yeah. And that gap is hundreds and hundreds of years long. Because when we're thinking about, when you're talking about that trauma, we're talking about years of Black people having to laugh instead of cry at pain. Man. Right? So then you then you grow, then you grow up in each generation. It's like, that's just a part of life. And now we're to a point to where some some of us, I'm not talking about me, but people in the black community are like, hey, all that stuff we were making jokes about ain't funny. And now we're like, oh, that's trauma. That's what that's yeah. called? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yes. 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 And it's years and years of trying. So I totally understand. I totally agree. I mean, and yes, we're, it's, it is the make it okay campaign. And I think we'll, we will, we're going to strive to make it okay, but I agree. Are we, are we there yet as a, as a community? That's the question. You, and know? you know what? I even want to tack on some more to that. When you asked me, what did I learn in order to reach my people? Right. I had to be able to w- work with our team to create a safe invitation. And I love the fact that, that that we stopped and made a mission first. Mm-hmm. And that was part of, you know, me making sure we stayed on task was, okay, you know, let's make sure that we remember why we're here every time we get here. Because you get lofty, right? And, and you, you want to fix it all right now. And, and we're not at that fix it all stage at all. We're literally at hey, I love you, and here's this invitation to explore something. No judgment, just here's something we made for you. It's almost like when your kids make this little weird-looking glob and they present it to you and they go, daddy, mommy, Mm -hmm. and you have no idea what it is, but you see the love on their face, and then you're just like, I want that, whatever that is. That's literally what we were doing as this committee was. We want them to know that this was something made with love, made for them to explore without judgment. And we hope you take a look. No, that's That's real. That's real. I love that. Can we can we talk more about that made for made for them or made for us? Because the Make It Okay campaign has been around for years. This yep. is not the first time, but this is the first time we're making it. We're making this campaign for us. Can mm-hmm. you talk a little bit about why? I, ha- I have an idea, but why that was important to to tr- kind of flip the script a little bit on on the traditional make it okay campaign. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So Jamie Haberall is the executive director of Iowa Healthiest State Initiative. Um, An initiative is a tricky word because it makes it sound like Iowa Healthiest State is an initiative and not an organization, (laughs) but it is an organization. I want to make that clear. It's a nonprofit organization with that as its initiative and its driving mission. So if you're thinking about an organization who's trying to make the whole state healthy, then you got to think, okay, if you're not hitting the disparate parts of that community, you're never going to make the whole community healthier, let alone the healthiest state in the country. And so um, getting to know Jamie throughout this, I, I have to say my initial conversation was impressive in the respect of I felt it was genuine when she said to me, courageous, I want you to see the campaign materials we've created already that have been out circulating. We don't think that that this is really getting the attention of Black people in Iowa. And I said, okay. So I looked at it. And I mean, and there are certain things, right? And I'm going to be very specific on a few things just to make a certain point. So first of all, there's a certain color, tone, and pitch that most Black people naturally speak in. Most of us don't have high-pitched voices. Most of us don't have nasal-sounding voices. Most of us have this deep, like, resting type of sound in our voices, whether it's men or women. And so immediately when you hear something and they go, whatever, and they start talking and their voice is really high, just that in itself. I was talking, I had a meeting yesterday and I was trying to explain to the white man and the white woman that I was working with and they were totally an open slate. They were an open book and they were ready to hear and listen and learn during that conversation. And I said, what, you, what people don't understand is that representation really does matter, right? And it doesn't just matter when I want to see me. It also matters when I don't see and hear me, right? Mm-hmm. So the minute I hear something that doesn't sound like me, because the thing that doesn't sound like me sounds like the voice of the oppressor that I'm accustomed to hearing, my safety mechanism has to turn it off. That's all about self-preservation. So just because I hear it, I know "Mm, that's not the safe sound of voices that I know to be safe, but it does match the voice sounds of something that has by historical design in my life and in the lives of those I've witnessed has not been the sound of a safe person, but the sound of the oppressor. So as soon as I hear it, I can't let it enter because I know it's not going to be safe. So I have to turn it off. And that is my first line of defense. Mm. So all of the sounds in the campaign were threatening sounds for our community. That's number one. Number two, everybody in the campaigns, again, representation matters. I don't see me, but I do see the visual representation of my oppressor. So again, I don't have to. I'm not at work. I'm not at a service provider. Um, I'm not at a corrections place where I have to listen and take in and absorb their presence right now. So since I don't, 
oh, I don't see anything in that that's safe for me, so I can shift that. And so the, the campaign materials, though they had a really good um, purpose to make seeking support for mental health okay, it was never going to do that for us because we weren't even going to hear it or see it because it immediately was going to be rejected and turned off. And so I looked through part after part after part after part, and even the colors, right? The color scheme was like this bright green. Green itself is a healing color. It represents new life. It represents new beginnings. It it, it actually even represents things that are, are meant to be healthy when we talk about color psychology. However, it's also a very bright color. It's not calming as far as, you know, something that your eyes can just kind of dial down a bit to take in. Your eyes kind of have to do this to take it in. Mm, Right, right. So in every single way, it was pushy, abrasive, forceful. It wasn't for us. And so seeing those, I'm like, yeah, it, it can't just be that we make it sound blacker, right? It has to literally meet the standards of safety for us in who is representing it and how they're talking to us and the language they're using and the color palette that is chosen. No, that's real. That's real. And it was just interesting seeing the back end of that, right? Being a part of the committee and seeing some of those visuals and seeing the reactions from other people as we're seeing these old old visuals and being like, huh, okay, there there's some, definitely some improvement that can be done, you know. <laughs> there's definitely some things that can be done to be more warm, warm and welcoming to the community community that we're trying to serve. And to that point, that community, May 6th, May May 6th is almost here. Yes. Yeah. Talk to us about why that day is so important and what people can expect if they're in the area on May 6th. Absolutely. I'm so excited about May 6th. I'm so serious. So... You know, it was important for this to be a cultural saturation of of what we love to do when we are enjoying ourselves, when we are not in a setting where we have to be performative, right? When we just want to have a good time. What are the elements that are involved? Because again, we're talking about, we're making an invitation to our community to, to just consider exploring something that we made for them. So first of all, it had to be a safe space. So I've been trying to help people understand that I know that there are white allies here in Iowa, and I think that's beautiful. But there are different ways that sometimes the support has to look. And in this particular instance, we're asking folks to consider something that might be scary to them on the surface, right? Mental health exploration might sound really daunting for a lot of our community. And so to learn in an atmosphere that is not surrounded by, engrossed in, saturated with 
the Black community can be intimidating um, and off-putting um, because it may make people feel like they may be judged and whatever have you. So um, white allies, I need you to understand that if you see merch for Back the Black and you want to help, buy it for somebody in the Black community to wear. If you heard about May 6th and you're like, oh man, that'll be so great. I want to come and support. Please, this time, don't come. But do support. Share this link um, from Iowa Healthy Estate event page or from the Courageous Fire LLC event page on Facebook so that they know all the details and so that they can get there. And so there's going to be Food from Gigi's Chicken and Waffles. Why? Because when we come together, we love on each other. We have good food, right? So it's going to be some some fried chicken. It's going to be some greens. It's going to be some honey butter cornbread from Gigi's Chicken and Waffles. And we're going to have so much music. Madison D Entertainment, DJ Scruff, is going to have every piece of music from every generation you can think of that makes you feel good. You know how you have that mm. feel good music. It's going to be there. Like the music that makes you want to dance, that makes you want to clean your house from top to bottom, that makes you want to get in there and cook something that your family feels good about. Like the music that makes you remember the good times in your life, that's going to be playing that day. Uh, we are going to have merch and it's been well thought out. We thought about people my age that are in their 50s. What do we like? We might want to put something on our rearview mirror. We might want an apron or we might want a placemat. You know, what do younger folks maybe want to wear? Maybe they might want to wear a really dope ball cap or beanie or hoodie or t-shirt so we have that stuff maybe they want a water bottle that's got the stuff on there maybe they want a sweat towel that, that's got the stuff on there like we really thought about what folks were going to like and want to wear and want to use and the make it okay back the black campaign stuff is just sarah oyibo from studio delta and designs was on the committee and did an amazing job translating all of the language of what we figured out as committee members into actual stuff that we can wear. And so the colors are the African-American flag. Um, the colors are rich, they're deep, they're warm, and they just feel good. And so what we want you to do is we're going to lead some generational dancing. So we're going to have some folks up there leading everybody in dances from their favorite time. We're going to eat some food. We're going to have some raffles for some merch. And every time the top of the hour starts, it's going to be a brand new party. So we know one of the things our people don't have a lot of is time. And so we made sure that even though the whole event's happening from one to five, we're going to have a different, uh, not a different program, but we're going to start the program all over again every single hour. So literally all you need to have a great time and learn a little bit about those awesome materials that we made for you is one hour. So one to two, two to three, three to four, four to five, whichever time works best for you and your family come out, hear some good music. Oh, and we will have some stuff like 
hopscotch. We will have stuff like coloring stuff for the kids so that they'll have fun stuff to do too um, while you're walking around. We'll have plenty of videos from the committee members talking about what they learned from it, why they came, um, what they want to give to you. Um, we will also have these, oh my goodness, um, Signature was the videographer and um, Ward Creative was the photographer. And the videos uh, and banners and table tents and all of this stuff was made by them. Both Black-owned businesses, they did an incredible job Yes, with the public service announcements that kind of help us understand what it is that these materials can do for us. And so you'll see some folks that you know in the Des Moines community participating, um, but you'll also get a chance during that hour to talk to us as the committee members and ask us questions and get clarification. It should just be a really fun, relaxing time. And then, like I said, you'll get a chance to learn a little bit about the website. You'll see how it works. You'll be able to take home materials and some merch. We, we just want to see you love on you and give you some good stuff that day. Yeah, I'm so I'm so excited. I plan to be there all day and to just enjoy every enjoy every moment of it. Enjoy all of all of it. Because, you know, it, I hate to be that guy courageous. And it's like I, I'm so excited about having the fun. But in the back of my head, I'm like, the work is just beginning. Like this is, I don't think people, I want people to understand how real this is. Like this is a big deal. We're going to have fun. But at the end of the day, we want people to still get the message of why we're doing this too. Does that make sense? Like I just. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you're, and you're not being that guy, you know, I mean, we have to also remember, like, there's parts of the Black Island community who are going to be like, let me just concentrate on the fun and then I'll maybe tiptoe around that other stuff and see what I think. Right. And there's going to be other folks that are going to come and be like, OK, I want to know, like, what is it? Like, how do I use it? What is there supposed to be in it for me that's going to help me show it to me, make that clear to me? Because I want that. Like, so we're going to have the whole spectrum. And, and so that's fair. You know, yeah. For those of you who really are like, okay, I've heard that this is something to do with mental health. I want to know what it is, is I want some stuff. We got, we got you. Literally, yeah. that's <laughs> one of the things you'll see and hear that day is we got you. Yes, we got yeah. you. Yeah, and I'll make sure I have those links in the description of this episode so people can just easily go to them uh, and be able to sign up and be there and support this this huge campaign, uh, important campaign for the state of Iowa. Courageous. Again, thank you so much for your time. Uh, for those that want to know more about you, know more about your organizations and the things that you're doing in the community around the work that the other, you know, the work that you love as well, where can people find you? Where can they reach out? Sure. Of course, you, you're always welcome to text me or call me if that's easier, 515-428-0077. But you can also go to the website, which is cfirellc.com. And when you click there, that's literally a landing page for both websites. So it'll say that you can enter Courageous Access, which is my nonprofit, or you can enter Courageous Fire LLC. 
And just really quickly, um, the LLC is literally the educator. And I tell you what, um, Black churches in Iowa, I really need to get to y'all. Um, because I have centers of trust training and centers of must training. And believe it or not, um, when Black women are dealing with domestic violence or trying to pull out of it and rebuild from it, one of the first places that they really want to be able to lean on is their faith community if they're already a part of that. And there are certain key things that I want you to understand, be able to watch for, be able to help her with that you're not aware of yet. But I know that if you knew those things, you you jump into action like a superhero for her. So I want you to know that those trainings are sponsored. You don't have to pay me to come. Iowa Department of Health and Human Services pays me to come to you. So that's something that I want you to know about. And it's there on the LLC's website. For my white ally organizations, if you want to know how to make your spaces safer for Black women in general and learn some things that you can apply, even all the way down to best practices, policies, and procedures, same thing goes for you. Iowa HHS pays me to come to you to give you that training, and I'd love to be there. My other part of me is truly the direct services for Black women who are domestic violence survivors and the children that they are still raising. We work to help them rebuild and be better off than they were before domestic violence happened to them. Um, it is a nonprofit organization, so no one that you send there to take care to, or to be involved in the programs ever has to pay a dime for it. Um, and so those are those two places that I'd love for you guys to explore more. Um, if you love social media, you can check me out for either one of those on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube. Awesome. Courageous. Again, thank you so much for your time. And I will also make sure I have those linked in the description to make those easier, easy access to you. Again, thank you so much for your time. And everybody, thank you for listening to the Healthy Projects podcast. I'll let you next time.